Deontay Wilder versus Tyson Fury. The rematch. Fight prediction. Dun, dun, dun. Hey guys, Fight Junkie here. As usual, before I jump into this next episode, I want to remind you guys, you can hit me up on Twitter at FightJunkie.com. Listen to me on Anchor, Spotify, Google, Apple, basically anywhere you can find a podcast, I'll be there. You can also subscribe to the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash FightJunkie2006. Tyson Fury comes into the contest with 29 wins, 20 big wins by knockouts, zero losses, and one draw to Deontay Wilder. Wilder comes into the contest with 42 big wins, 41 of them by knockout, and the single solitary draw on his record to Tyson Fury. Currently, the odds sit with Wilder as a slight favorite at minus 125. Fury comes back at plus 115. We'll go won't go 12 full rounds. Won't go minus 150. We'll go plus 130. Wilder wins inside, plus 125. Fury wins inside, plus 460. Fury wins by decision, plus 215. Wilder wins by decision, plus 725. Fight is a draw, 20 to 1. Now, obviously, almost everybody listened to this podcast, if not everybody, saw the first fight. We know the styles. You hear a lot of the so-called experts or just even boxing fans talking about stylistically how the second fight is going to be like the first fight. And no, honestly, it's very hard to argue that, right? I mean, it's hard to argue against that because Tyson Fury is Tyson Fury and Wilder is Wilder. Tyson Fury is probably considered the far better boxer by the majority of people over Deontay Wilder and Deontay Wilder is probably considered the far bigger puncher over Tyson Fury so you figure Fury has to box and Wilder's gonna try to knock him out with the right hand we saw what happened in the first fight Fury had a ton of success most people thought he won the fight but he did suffer adversities you saw the knockdowns especially in the 12th round that everybody knows about but previous to that he was knocked down as well and it just goes to show you that Wilder can turn your lights out with a single shot. It's very unique in that he doesn't need combination punches. He can literally be losing every second of every round, touch you one time, and it's over. Proof. Look at the uh, Ortiz both fights, but the Ortiz rematch, right? Most people didn't give Wilder a round. If you're being generous, maybe you give him a round. Boom. Lights out. One shot. It's over. And full disclosure, I picked Ortiz to beat Wilder both times. And both times, Ortiz showed he's the better fighter. And both times, he got knocked out. Deontay Wilder has flaws, but one of them is not punching power. And so it's a great equalizer. It's an eraser. You can make a ton of mistakes if you're Deontay Wilder and still have the ability to come back and win the fight, literally, with seconds on the clock with one punch. You saw that in the last round against Tyson Fury in a fight that he hit Fury so hard that his soul left his body. Somehow, someway, within the 10 seconds, it came back to earth, went back into his body, and he was able to rise to his feet. And he actually closed that 12th round 
impressively strong. It was it was something that you are not going to see very often happen in a boxing match against a legitimate puncher. Nobody's going to question Wilder's punching power. He's a legitimate puncher. He's proven that against everybody he's fought. So for Tyson to come back like that and then not just come back and get up and beat the count and be coherent, but then close the show on the offensive is very, very impressive. It speaks volumes to the mental and physical toughness of Tyson Fury. And if we're talking about physicality there, what was that? A two and a half, almost three year layoff that he came off of to fight Deontay Wilder. And he performed at that type of level, having lost a ton of weight and being, you know, a drug addict and drinking and having mental health problems. All of this that he was out of the ring for came back and performed like that. So there's a lot of reasons to like Tyson Fury when you're looking at this rematch because you're saying, well, he's the better boxer. He's the skilled fighter. He's tall. He moves really well. He's fleet footy. He has good upper body movement. Look at his heart, his determination, what he did in that fight, what he did in the fight with Tom Schwartz when he got cut right over the terrible terrible eye cut or that was Otto Wallen I think it was Otto Wallen uh where that cut over his eye was just horrendous and he just pushed forward and he pushed the pace and he just he he bit down on his mouthpiece I mean you can't question his heart and in fact speaking about that cut that could be a factor I mean you probably need you know a few months for that cut to heal I'm not going to say it's going to open up right away. He has hired Stitch Duran, which is an amazing cut man for this rematch. That's a smart move. So obviously there is some concern there that it could open up. And if it does, they want the best of the best. And I think Stitch fits that bill. Nice guy, by the way. But so there could be some concern there if you're betting on Gypsy. Like, is that eye going to hold up? Because this is not a little cut. It was something like 45 stitches, 47 stitches that he needed. And if you saw that fight and you saw that cut open up, let's be real. If that was anybody but Tyson Fury, who has a fight set up with Deontay Wilder, they stopped that fight. That fight, honestly, should have been stopped. That cut was so bad. 100%, if you're not the A-side, that fight gets stopped. If you're the B-side and you have a cut like that, there is no way in hell that that commission, the referee, the doctors is letting that fight go. That's just not happening. But we all know the boxing politics, as Lennox Lewis liked to say, goes on in boxing and they allowed it to go on and he fought through it and it was a gruesome cut and like I said, almost 50 stitches to close it. So it's, it's something that you have to factor in because obviously a single punch from Wilder could split that open and now Tyson Fury is dealing with a serious cut that's going to impair his vision and with Deontay Wilder it only takes one shot to put your lights out so that's something you need to factor in if you're looking at the gypsy of course you think it's probably mostly healed but there's been many times where fighters have went into fights with cuts whether they were hidden or not and they fought and all of a sudden their eye splits open like a watermelon and you're like what the hell is that not knowing that they had a previous cut in training and they tried to cover it up i mean there's stories of using makeup it goes on and on and on everybody knows about the cut everybody knows how serious it was so we can't be we can't be shocked if it opens up so it's something that you need to factor in the other important thing that we need to talk about here is obviously the camp change He's in Kronk with Sugar Hill, and he left Ben 
they seem to be on good terms. He says that they, they still talk and he wanted Ben here with him as maybe like a second or just um, a motivation thing. They have a real close relationship, but Ben had other commitments. I don't know if it's true like that, but that's what he says. I mean, the change probably had a lot to do with his pops. To be honest with you, he was not happy with Ben. He was not happy with the way that Tyson was performing, including the Deontay Wilder fight. He didn't want him to take that. He said he was out of shape, a doughboy, and shouldn't have even been at that level of boxing at that time. And he still performed that well. So his dad thinks with the new change, being in condition, not having to lose all that weight, being dedicated, having more fights under his belt since the first Wilder fight, that he's going to absolutely wreck Deontay. And, I mean, you can make a case for that. I know it sounds crazy, but really, seeing what he did with Deontay Wilder after all those things we just spoke about and that layoff is almost unheard of. And then you see the way that he came back from the knockdowns and pretty much dominated every round that he wasn't knocked down in. There's a lot of reasons that you can say the Gypsy King is easy the side here that you should be betting. Now, most people who are on Wilder on Wilder for one reason. Power. He can knock you out with one punch. And that's from round one to round 12. Now, a lot of fighters carry punches and they have good power. But it's very, very rare to see somebody that can knock you out in round one and knock you out in round 12. And knock you out in round one with one punch. And knock you out in round 12 with one punch. It doesn't take a lot from Wilder. And that's why he's so dangerous. Because he literally needs one punch. And everything changes. Even if you don't get knocked out. You're probably going to get wobbled. You're going to get knocked down. And then that changes the whole landscape of the fight. Depending on how close the rounds are. What's going on with the judges. Obviously we already saw that in the first fight. Most people think Gypsy got outright robbed. And then uh, they tried to get the rematch over into the UK. And Wilder said hell no I ain't going over there. So Gypsy had to come back over here. And now you have issues where. Tyson Fury and his camp don't think that he can win a decision in Vegas fighting the way that he fought the first time. And people are going, what? This is crazy talk from this guy. But if you dig a little deeper, it makes a lot of sense because basically he was perfect for, what, 10 out of the 12 rounds? And he didn't win the fight. Regardless if he wasn't able to do everything he wanted to do in the fight because of his physical condition and the layoff, if he fatigued somewhat, the fact of the matter is the rounds that most people gave him were clear rounds. It wasn't like Wilder was doing a lot. Fury really shut down his offense with that long, stiff jab in his movement. So the camp of Tyson Fury is thinking, wait a minute. Even if we have the conditioning, even if we are able to put our combinations better, together better we're still going to win the round 10-9 and we thought we were winning them the first time and didn't get the decision so in all honesty even though it seems off the wall to say Tyson Fury can't outbox Deontay Wilder and win on the cards because people are saying wait a minute he already did that I understand the mindset and this brings me to maybe the most important point of the fight stylistically Sugar Hill and Tyson Fury think that they can knock Deontay Wilder out by crowding him. Now, most people are going, you don't punch with a puncher. You don't hook with a hooker, even though Wilder's a right-hand guy, but still. But, hear me out here. 
I think a lot of people are missing something when it comes to Deontay Wilder, and that is distance and range. He's very lean. He's very rangy. He likes to throw looping shots. And to do that, you need distance. Tyson Fury got caught with a lot of those shots when Deontay Wilder had that distance. The 12th round knockdown was a distance shot. The earlier knockdown, Tyson Fury was up against the ropes. So Deontay Wilder could gauge the distance with the jab, throw the right hand, hit him on top of the head, boom, Tyson Fury goes down. The idea here is that Tyson is going to get inside the octopus arms of Deontay Wilder and crowd him. Now you would say, wait a minute, that is so damn dangerous. You're right in the punching range of Wilder. But I assert that Wilder's a better long range puncher than he is an inside puncher. And you could say, well, Tyson Fury is as well. He always fights at range. The difference is Tyson Fury has very good upper body movement. I'm not just talking about head. I'm talking about waist. He bends from the waist extremely well. If he can get inside, and even if Deontay Wilder's throwing, either moving back, because Wilder will move back. So if he can push Wilder back and make Wilder step back and punch, he's going to try to slip that punch with that upper body movement and throw a counter punch. Because make no mistake about it, if he pushes forward, Deontay Wilder will go back. A lot of people think he's just this stand in the pocket a la Mike Tyson and just trade with you. That's not really the case. You even saw that in the Ortiz fight. Right? He was moving and moving and very low output and moving. Why? It was because of the counter punches of Ortiz. I will say this I've been extremely critical of Deontay Wilder for his entire career, but the guy has more smarts than he's given credit for, including myself. His ring IQ is better than what people think. And I'll tell you why. He knows when to take advantage of the opponent. What I mean by that, if he thinks he can blast your ass out, like when he fought Dominic Brazil, he will do it. And it will look sloppy and it will be haymakers because he knows what dangers the opponent presents. With Ortiz in both fights, he never fought that way. It was a lot more conservative effort. And people were like, oh my lord, Joshua would kill Wilder. Fury would kill Wilder. But a lot of people weren't realizing that he actually switches his up. His fight IQ is high enough that he understood if he threw those wild, crazy haymakers against Ortiz, he was going to get lit up with a counter shot the same thing in the Tyson Fury first fight he was conservative he was very patient because he knew if he threw those traditional wild crazy punches that Tyson Fury was going to slip one of those wild haymakers and come back and crack him straight on the chin so he's got to be given credit for that a lot of people aren't recognizing that when he has quote unquote poor performances you have to look at the opponent I assert that the opponent is far more dangerous than people think and it presents a danger to him. So he has to be more conservative. He has to use that fight IQ. He has to set things up. And you saw that against Ortiz. He set that shot up and Ortiz never recovered. So credit where credit is due. Even though I've been a big critic of Deontay Wilder and his slop, 
he does know what he's doing most of the time. And when he can get away with doing crazy stuff like that and have a highlight reel knockout, and when he has to be a little more reserved, a little more within himself and take some rounds and set it up. Because again, remember guys, he's confident in his power. So he wasn't worried about losing four rounds, five rounds, six rounds. He knew at some point I'm going to catch him. This brings me back to the point about Tyson Fury pressing the pace and getting inside of Deontay Wilder. He's calling for a knockout within two rounds. And people are calling it crazy and that it's suicide. Here's the issue. We talked about how his team and himself doesn't think that he can just box and win on the cards. But the bigger thing that I caught from when Tyson Fury was talking about the change in strategy wasn't so much that he's going to get robbed on the cards. It was the fact that he said, over the course of a 12-round fight, I'm bound to be hit with a right hand. And it only takes one right hand to turn your lights out. This, to me, is the most telling reason why the Gypsy King, Sugar Hill, and the Kronk team realize that they need to be in a different place to beat Deontay Wilder because you can be boxing his socks off and it only takes one right hand. Their idea is Deontay Wilder fights better when he's dictating the pace, when he's dictating the distance. If we can upset that apple cart and make him uncomfortable, his defense is not going to be as good and his offense is going to be limited. And I will say this, I can't really argue against that. I know a lot of people are probably thinking I'm absolutely crazy and Team Gypsy is crazy as well. But I don't believe Deontay Wilder fights as well going back. He uses a basic traditional style muff defense. You can split the guard. Tyson did it over and over again in the first fight. And here's another thing that people are going to call me crazy for. I guess I've been drinking the crazy juice today. I thought Tyson Fury hurt Deontay Wilder in that first fight multiple times. Now, I thought he wasn't putting on the pressure and following up after he stunned Deontay Wilder because... Of the danger of the counterpunch from Wilder knowing that, hey, if I open up with a three, four punch combination on this guy, he could throw a right hand and put my lights out. He said that he hurt Deontay Wilder and he saw it, but he couldn't pull the trigger because he was tired. So in either case, we both agree that there was opportunities there for him to do a little bit more and that could have changed the tide of the fight. Now he says he's in awesome shape. Now they have a game plan of being more aggressive. I believe he said he's going to come in somewhere around 270. He's not looking to be fleet-footed and box like he was in the first fight. He's looking to get inside, crowd him, put him in an uncomfortable position. And as Deontay Wilder's defense starts to slack and he's in a position where he has to fight off the back foot with Fury right on him and using good head movement and making him slip, that's going to make him tentative. And at the same time, it's going to open up Gypsy's offense. I don't think people are giving credit to Tyson Fury for his punching power being able to hurt Deontay Wilder. He's only got a few knockouts, 20 knockouts and 29 wins. But with, when you see the way that he fights, you don't consider him a knockout puncher. But the dude is huge. Anybody that hits you that's that big it has to have some punching power. And again, if you go back and you really study the first fight, I think he hurt Deontay Wilder. And it wouldn't be out of the question, in my opinion, that he would be able to hurt him, drop him, and even stop him. I've truly never been sold on Deontay Wilder's 
uh, chin, to be honest with you. I thought a lot of times that he looks very vulnerable. He's got very, very thin legs, like really super sticky skin, you know, very, very tiny, teeny legs for a dude that is that big. And I don't know. There's just something about his durability that it brings questions to me. And Tyson Fury is a big dude, and he's very, very good with that upper body movement. And I think people are underestimating what he could do, not necessarily in a firefight because you don't want to get hit with the right hand, but, you know, you pick and choose. You maneuver Deontay Wilder into spots where that right hand isn't as dangerous from the looping shot, from the distance, because you're crowding him. Now, the one big caveat, the huge warning here for this style of fight is Deontay Wilder's uppercut. It's not the right hand. It's not the left hook. It's the uppercut. If you are on the inside with him, this is his go-to, and he throws his damn thing from the floor. I think his glove literally touches the ground when he throws this thing. Now, you're thinking Gypsy with his counterpunching ability, his good ring IQ that he's going to see it coming. But Lord help you if you're on the Gypsy King and he don't see that uppercut coming. Because if you thought that 12th round knockdown in the first fight was something... I'm telling you, if this uppercut lands that Deontay Wilder throws, it's going to lift Fury off the rafters. I mean, that is something that he cannot get hit with. And if he implements the style, in my opinion, that's going to be the most dangerous punch that he has to look out for. Generally speaking, of course, it comes with the right hand. So he's got to be very, very, very careful with that right uppercut of Deontay Wilder. Now, the good thing about Fury is usually he dips to his right, away from that right hand of Wilder. But still, with an uppercut like that, we already know Deontay Wilder can he can take your soul with one single shot. And the way that he throws that uppercut is so damn dangerous. I mean, you see it coming a mile away. The ability to counter him is right there. So you could see Tyson Fury hitting him with a left hook, a left hook, right hand combination. I mean, it's there. He's open to be hit when he throws from the ground like that. But heaven forbid if that thing lands, man. I mean, it's gonna. He, I don't think he's getting up if that uppercut lands. Now, as far as the odds go, obviously with the way that I'm breaking down the fight, I think Tyson Fury is the play here. I think you're getting plus money on the better guy. It's just Deontay Wilder's power that is the equalizer, and that's why you see this line the way it is. Most people had Tyson Fury winning the first fight, but he's the underdog in the rematch. Why? Well, I don't think anyone's going to say Wilder outskills him in the rematch, even if you're going off the traditional way that they fought in the first fight, and you're going to say they're going to fight that way in this fight, which, by the way, I don't believe that's going to happen then you would still say, well, Tyson Fury already beat him. So unless you were banking on, well, Wilder can't lose in Vegas, which is always dangerous, right? Because again, he did probably lose 10 out of the 12 rounds. You're just banking on his power. But Tyson Fury is the underdog now. So there's been money coming in on Wilder. He opened right around a minus 130 favorite, actually. But people like power. And they know that Wilder can change a fight with one punch. So why not take him? Well, Generally speaking, if you're looking at Wilder, you would say he's going to win by KO. But because of that first fight with those crazy scorecards, you actually could make a case for betting him straight. I just don't like Wilder at that minus 130-ish, depending on your book line. Now, because really he is a power puncher. I don't think he outskills Tyson Fury in a traditional type of fight. And I think Tyson Fury can get away 
with being on the inside with Deontay Wilder, and I think he can find safe space there. And if he didn't and he got hit with a gigantic uppercut, well, guess what? Wilder's probably going to win by knockout. So in my opinion, if you're looking at unless you got, you know, a really good line on Wilder straight early on, right now it's not so great, then you would probably look at Wilder wins inside. You're going to get plus money where he's minus right now. He opened a little bit higher than where he is right now. He's right around plus 135. He was as high as plus 165, 160-ish. And obviously people were jumping all over that because, again, 41 out of his 42 wins, he stopped. Tyson Fury was the only one to go the distance. So uh, when we're looking at... Um, Fury, you got Fury by decision at plus 215, and you got Fury wins inside at plus 460. Obviously, people think it's absurd to even think that Tyson Fury can knock Wilder out. He actually opened inside at plus 385. He went as high as 610 at one point, and he's come back down a little bit now to 460. I don't think it's as far-fetched as the odds suggest, especially if you believe him and his team that he's got to switch it up. He's got a different mentality. He feels that he's in better condition. He feels that he can take advantage of some of the defensive liabilities of Wilder on the inside. And they think they could take away the right hand. This is what this is about, guys. It's about the right hand. When Tyson Fury himself says, in a 12-round fight, I'm bound to be hit by this right hand. He's felt it, you guys. He's been dropped twice. This is a guy we should listen to when he's saying, I can't win the way I fought the first fight, even though I won the first fight. I know it sounds crazy, but you have to dig deep and really analyze what he's saying. He's saying that there is so much danger in fighting that fight in a perfect fight that he still lost and he was still dropped two times. So think about that. You win 10 out of 12 rounds. But you get dropped twice and you lose the fight. And in the last round, he basically should have been knocked out. That's one of the greatest comebacks of getting off the canvas probably any of us has ever seen. So in the 12th round, he could have literally lost that fight. Had he not gotten up, like he's done, right? Oh, Wilder had had won one round and he come back in the 12th round and knocked Tyson Fury out. That's what it would have been. So I understand where him and his team are coming from because he fought basically a perfect fight minus the knockdowns. But the knockdowns were so severe and the last one almost killed the man that Tyson Fury himself says that the danger of Wilder landing the right hand is so real that he doesn't feel comfortable being able to avoid it for 12 rounds. So in hindsight, he's saying that was a great game plan. I executed it perfectly. But I still didn't win. So I'm not going to do that a second time. This time, I'm going to go balls to the wall. I'm going to put it to the test. Because I believe that he thinks at some point in time in a 12-round fight, Fury, uh, Wilder will land something that either hurts him or drops him or knocks him out and change the course of the entire fight. I truly, honestly believe that. Again, he's felt the power. And for him to say, we need to switch it up. I can't fight that way. He's going to land a right hand. To me, that tells me a lot. That tells me a lot about the punching power of Deontay Wilder and the way that he's able to set it up because Fury is very good defensively. He has fleet feet. He can move around well. He's good with his upper body waist. And he, and he still thinks that he's going to get hit by Deontay Wilder in that type of long, drawn-out boxer versus puncher. And not only that, but it gives Deontay Wilder that space 
as long as you're going back, he has an opportunity. Ortiz moved back, he has an opportunity. You move forward, his his offense automatically ceases. It goes down probably 90%. Watch him. When he moves backwards, he is a far lesser offensive fighter than when he moves forward. The same thing. Watch him when somebody presses. Remember when uh, Luis Ortiz hurt him in the first fight? Look at his defense when he's up against the ropes. Look how many punches he takes. Look, look how he responds under pressure when he's in a position where, where he's on the defensive and he's not attacking. I'm telling you, Tyson Fury and his team have seen this and they think they can exploit it. Now the question is, is he going to be able to do it? I mean, that's what it boils down to. People are going to hail it as the greatest victory ever. If he goes in there, crowds Deontay Wilder, smacks him around, and beats him at his own game. People are going to be stunned, but that's because they haven't analyzed it. And they assume that Tyson Fury can only beat Deontay Wilder by boxing, even though he wasn't able to do it in the first fight, and he almost did it to perfection. Very, very dangerous fight for Tyson Fury to do what he did in the first fight, because you can't make a mistake. On the inside, they think that Deontay Wilder's offense is going to, is going to, be decreased so much that they're actually safer on the inside and pushing Deontay back because if you've watched his career, he's not as offensive when he's going back. And if you've watched his career, his offense isn't as as dynamic on the inside. It's those long, ranging, looping punches. Even when he hit Ortiz and knocked him out in the second fight, it was a long, right, long right hand. This is where he wants to be. This is where he wants to place you on the end of his punches. Tyson Fury and his team think that they can eliminate the majority of the risk of the right hand and the long-range right hand by getting inside and pushing Deontay Wilder back because he doesn't have the exact same punching power as when he moves back as when he moves forward as well. So his offense goes down, and he doesn't throw the right hand as hard when he's moving back. I think, personally, it's a brilliant game plan. What the hell do you have to lose? When the guy who's fought the guy for 12 rounds has reservations about his ability to absorb a right hand over 12 rounds, then you need to switch it up. Because this guy is telling you with all my resources, with all my skills and tools, there's a real danger that Deontay Wilder is going to land something on me that could put my lights out. He's been very, very open about that. That over the course of 12 rounds, there's real, real danger that he's going to get hit with a right hand. He even said, I could fight a guy who's 2-0 and get hit with a right hand and get knocked out. He's telling you the truth, guys. Deontay Wilder can knock you out with a single punch. I don't think anybody disputes that. I think a lot of people are scratching their heads going, is this mind games from Tyson Fury? Is he going to say this and then come out and box and throw Deontay Wilder off? How's that going to throw Deontay Wilder off? He expects Tyson Fury to box. He knows that he has to knock Tyson Fury out. He knows that he has to land the right hand. He knows that Tyson Fury is going to use the jab, move around, try to slip and counter. They've already done it. But it would probably shock Deontay if Tyson comes out, truly gets in his chest, and tries to suffocate his offense, tries to push Deontay back to the ropes, tries to maneuver Deontay, tries to to suffocate that offense in that right hand. Deontay wouldn't expect that. Will he adapt? Of course, these are elite elite level athletes. He's going to adapt, but that's not his A game. 
Now you could say, well, that's not Tyson Fury's A game either, but Tyson Fury has fought that way before, just like Deontay Wilder has fought off the back foot before. I just think Tyson Fury has been able to implement the pressure style a little bit better than Deontay Wilder because Tyson still throws punches. So if we're just talking about punch output, Deontay's punch output drops a lot when he's boxing off the back foot compared to Tyson Fury's punch output when he's going forward. He still throws a lot of punches. He still tries to put hurt on people. He still looks, you know, like a Tyson Fury. He's still throwing combinations. He's still doing what you think of when you see Tyson Fury. Where Wilder, it's almost a switch. You see that aggressive, wild, crazy man when he's got the distance and the right opponent versus the guy who's a lot more conservative and defensive and doesn't throw a lot of punches and is losing round after round after round. These are the differences between when Deontay Wilder fights aggressively and has the range that he wants and when he's forced off the back foot and he's not comfortable depending on the opponent, their counterpunching ability. Even if you look at both Lewis Ortiz fights, we're probably two of his hardest fights not not including uh, Tyson Fury, as he was a counterpuncher. Tyson Fury is a counterpuncher. Ortiz hits harder, but Ortiz doesn't have the upper body movement that Tyson Fury does. And that's what really causes Deontay Wilder to be careful is because when he throws a jab, he throws a right hand, he throws a hook, Tyson's able to avoid those punches, and he's coming back more often than not with a counterpunch. I'm telling you guys, go back and watch that first fight and comment if you think I'm absolutely crazy that he was able to touch Deontay Wilder a lot in that fight and there were times where he did a little leg shuffle there where he did a little stanky leg where I, I was sitting there watching that fight going man if Tyson would have followed up with a couple shots what would have happened you know how hurt was he was it you know was it just a whoa you caught me or was there something else going on there I can understand where Team Fury is coming from and I think you're going to see a different crunk kid come Saturday night that's it for this episode of Fight Junkie. I will sell it to you tomorrow, baby. Fight Junkie out.